No doubt or nation, another great week of college baseball. Week two of the college baseball season has almost completed. We've got a few games. They're still running here, but it's very much been an enjoyable experience so far. Uh, there's been a lot of fun baseball to watch here at this level. Uh, I, I've enjoyed it so much. I just reminded why I love this sport here. Boom. It seems like you've been enjoying it as well too. I mean, you know, while, while major league baseball is trying to figure out this whole thing with the lockout right now, and, and you know, eventually in some form or fashion, uh, as, as ugly or beautiful as it ultimately turns out, it's going to get done. Well, we're going to have major league baseball back at some point, but for the time being, College baseball is here. The road to Omaha has begun here. Uh, it's still quite chilly and cold here and uh, <laughs> as winter uh, is kind of wrapping itself up and we we look ahead to the brighter, sunnier days of spring. Uh, but the games have begun. They continued here again in week two. There were some great series, some great individual matchups that happened here. Uh, some, some great performances uh, among individual players, uh, both on the mound and at the dish itself. Uh, just, just so much fun and joy to unpack here with this great game of college baseball. I'm Travis T-Bone Lawfully, joined on the other side here with my co-host, Barrett Boom Bostic. Boom, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, man. It's, uh, uh, as of this recording, it's the Major League Baseball hasn't gotten their act together. By the time we release it, the episode, it might uh, this is coming out on Tuesday, and the deadline is the 28th. Uh, this episode is coming out on March 1st, but it, you never know. But it's uh, um, while they're being dumb and stupid and making everyone, all of us frustrated and all of us wanting to cancel our MLB TV subscriptions, um, college baseball is here. It's in full swing, and it's awesome. You're seeing bat flips. You're seeing epic celebrations. You're seeing walk-offs. You're seeing emotion. You're seeing baseball in its purest form, and I love it so much. I am. I'm watching more than I ever have, and I'm just like, man, you know, why didn't I give this a time of day uh, earlier? It's not like I, you know, I, I would keep up with tech uh, decently when I would get the chance, but it's just like, guys, this is fun. These guys are fun, and. It's baseball. It's my favorite sport. It it's awesome. This is going to be. It's such an awesome journey, and can't wait to get diving into the recap of of our our conferences and matchups. Absolutely, yeah. So we're we're gonna dive really right in here, and boom! I think you're gonna take it away for us here with this week's recap with the conference that just means more. The conference <laughs> that, uh, you know, we all kind of love to hate within college sports. The conference <laughs> with some of the rowdiest, the most passionate fans. Uh, but the conference that really just truly excels here in this great sport of college baseball. And that is the Southeastern Conference, better known as the SEC. Boom, take it away. <laughs> How did things fare in the Ace, in the SEC from the past week? You got a lot of teams. You got a lot of undefeateds that I'm going to talk about. You got a lot of teams that have had, had they've had better weekends this in this week too. They had there were some scary ones in the first weekend, but in this weekend you had teams they 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 elevated to their standards. Uh, you know, they showed their fans that hey, it's okay, guys, it's okay. We just had to get our bearings, but now we're really locking in. So that's what I'm going to demonstrate. SEC here, everything's better. Uh, it, it it just means more. Whatever you want to call it, people hate the SEC. 
and it, they hate it because it's the best. It's just like why everybody hates the Yankees. They're the best. So, I mean, you can't hate a bad team or an unsuccessful know-nothing conference slash team. So, but anyway... I'm going to mainly focus on the top 25, starting, as always, with, as of this recording, number two, the Arkansas Razorbacks. So, a fantastic showing in in the first weekend, but moving on into this weekend, they were playing in the Carbach Round Rock Classic. Man, Round Rock, what a great sports town. Playing over there where the Round Rock Express play. And on Friday, they beat up on Indiana 5-2, getting the job done, but... As of this recording, in their first game against Stanford, they lost goose-egged to Stanford, my unapologetic team that I picked to win (laughs) the whole thing, which, you know, they're making me feel good. They beat up on the Razorbacks. It was really the first big test that the Razorbacks have had all year long, and they were goose-egged. They had a whopping three hits, and they gave up two errors, too, Uh, and... It's just they're not going to get it done that way. I mean, this matchup, it just, I mean, it was just one of it. Again, it's just one match. By the time this comes out, they can win the second game of the doubleheader. But uh, it's just, I'm going to nitpick him to death, I guess it seems. But overall, Arkansas, nothing to worry about here. You still have some studs. Uh, you still got Caden Wallace batting 438. Uh, you still got Robert Moore, the guy who I talked about in our previous session, still batting 375. You don't have a lot of homers on their team, but um, still overall doing well. Hagen Smith still repping a 0.00 ERA. You got Jackson Wiggins with a sub 2 ERA as well. Uh, Connor Nolan, just a strikeout machine. He's a sub 3 ERA. So, I mean, it's okay, guys. It's just I, I'm not going to nitpick him too much, but yeah. Overall, yeah. It's just our, our standards are crazy high for the Razorbacks because of how much of an elite <laughs> level that they've played really for for a long time now. That program under Dave Van Horn. Uh, that I mean, and it's just you, you, a team like Stanford exposes these weak areas right now that this team has. Uh, like Stanford right now, we'll get into more in a bit when we talk about the Pac-12, but Stanford is. Stanford just looks seemingly like one of the more complete teams in college baseball right now in terms of a team that is stout on the mound, uh, will shut mm-hmm. down the opposing uh, the opposing team. They uh, they have great uh, they have great guys at the plate that they can hit. They have really good at bat choices. Their defense is stout, and they combine really a well rounded team as Stanford is with once again that West Coast kind of mentality of mm-hmm. just very meticulous attention to detail and waiting for you to make the mistake. And that's uh, that's very much the type of situation. Like your your errors, your mistakes, your your uh, your rough edges will be exposed against the team like Stanford, and that's very much seemingly what happened with the Razorbacks. It is what happened because my team to win it all beat up on your team to win it all. I know you're extra critical of them because you got all your money in. You got your 401k in on the Razorbacks, Trav. <laughs> so I do. <laughs> they, uh, certainly, I think exactly. you know. Everybody's a little surprised right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. But hey, it's it's a 56 game, 52 two game season, whatever. So, but hey, you know, nothing to worry about, Razorback fans. Uh, looking ahead, you know, they can beat up on southeastern louisiana and then you can get some 
Um, you, you can get some back in the win column. They're three and two as of this recording. Uh, not the worst thing in the world. They got a lot of, like, they have a lot of room to give. So that's my r- update for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Moving on to Ole Miss, and this team is undefeated. I fully expect them to take the number two spot in the rankings because they are six and zero, oh, baby. Going into this week, I mean. They're just padding up their early matchups with these just super easy matchups. Uh, just beating up on VCU, whoever the heck that is, uh, ten to four and fourteen to three respectively. And uh, this team, they are here and they are here to stay. Uh, they have this mammoth on this on their team. He's like he's like six foot five, and he just launches launches bombs all day every day uh, they got calvin harris batting 600 ben van clee batting 400 kevin graham's got three bombs on the year so far tj mccants three stolen bases and then Derek diamond is just repping a sub two era 10 k's so far with two wins and it's just they've done what they needed to needed to do and you know they just frankly uh, that's going to carry them through. Uh, Taiwan Malone, this guy on their squad, uh, watch out for that guy because that guy just looks like a beast. He looks, he looks like Yordan Alvarez. Uh, he hit a bomb uh, earlier today, and it was just so glorious to watch. This guy looks like he legitimately looks like a tight end playing, and it's awesome. So they they got to put him in, especially when they're like. A double digit lead because it makes the crowd go wild the beer showers are just it's nuts one of the one of the best traditions in all of college baseball the the beer shower out there in the outfield in oxford so he, yes <laughs> awesome. it was uh, yes it was born from a guy who had one too many drinks and it probably got people mad but like all traditions uh, it starts with a little too much uh, not not responsibly pouring scoring but hey <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's all good so anyway moving on to vanderbilt um they're five and two on the year uh they had a tough first weekend so you know diving in head first into the season but they've just been cleaning up shop ever since then they got the win over evansville nine zip and they swept army uh seven two ten seven and six zero respectively so vandy they're a team they are here to stay you've got matthew pollock he hasn't missed a hit this entire time guys batting a thousand you got still got guys batting over 500 davis diaz tj mckenzie and gavin cassias uh on the pitching mound i mean this their pitching is so stout my goodness chris mcmelvane and patrick riley they still have zero eras and both of them have 15 and 16 punch out punch outs respectively and it's just if they keep that up man they're it's going to be stout. Their pitching is what wins the day for these guys. And it's always been that Vanderbilt has consistently had good pitchers. Look at rocker, look at lighter. It's not going to change. This is a deep team with qualified coaches and staffs. They have a ton of resources and they're just going to be a powerhouse for here to stay. I fully expect them to move up the rankings as well. So it's just going to be SEC dominant. Maybe that's the way they like it. <laughs> so it's because it's different. That's what they claim. 
the, and moving on to the, the defending champs, Mississippi State. Ah, in that first weekend, Long Beach, they came into town and they showed them who's boss. And Mississippi State, it's safe to say that they picked up from then. Uh, they go on over to Arkansas Flying Bluff and beat the ever-loving crap out of them, 17-1. But then they have this weekend series with Northern Kentucky. They lose the first game, 7-6. to six. It's a nail-biter, but they take care of business the next two days, 10-1 to one and 7-2, to two, respectively. So, you know, they're, st- they're still there. Still a winning record. They have plenty of room to give at this point. Uh, they got Landon Sims with a 1.50 ERA and Preston Johnson with a 1.74 ERA. And both of them, 17 strikeouts and 14 strikeouts so far. Again, all these teams that are so good, they have at least two guys that are good. They're ripening sub two ERAs and they got a ton of punch outs. They do not give the other team a chance. That is the theme with these high ranked SEC teams. They, you have to make it done on both sides. You can't just, uh, t- we'll get to Tommy White eventually because he's the face of baseball right now, but you can't just do it with a guy like Tommy White. I mean, <laughs> you can't do it with Mike Trout. You can't do it with just Tommy White, as tempting as it is. And even though Tommy White has more home runs than most teams have in their entire staff so far, <laughs> you can't do it with him in the SEC it's got to be a team effort. And Mississippi State, they are hanging in there. Moving on to LSU. I said it at the, at the beginning, guys. Their offense is just stupid. And it is stupid. <laughs> it's, it continues to be stupid. If they're going to face a sub-inferior team, they're going to let them have it. Uh, the pings are just going to be wild. and But... Their record is not without blemish. They are 7-1. and one. And who did they lose to? They had to lose to Law Tech. Pfft. Law Tech. I, and it, they love the heck out of it. Law Tech beat them at Law Tech 11-6. So it wasn't even a close win. It was a decisive victory. Good for you, Law Tech. Good for you. A Wednesday matchup. It just beating up on the bigger brother there. You did it, guys. Great job there. But then... Of course, LSU, you know, it was a tough loss for them, but then they just they just beat up on Townsend and Southern and all high numbers. I'm talking like six zip, nine two, eleven one, fifteen zip. Uh, it's just all it's all offense. But their pitching is stout as well. They got Blake Money, Money Baby, making it rain with two wins, seventeen Ks, and zero ERA. Every time that guy's on the mound, he's their undisputed ace. He's going to make it happen. You've got Mikhail Hiller with a 5.63 ERA. Uh, I fully expect that number to go down. That was probably from a, you know, a freak outing, but it's all about the money. He's their ace, and putting your money on money, that's how you're going to do it. They just have so many guys with a lot of bombs. You got Braden Jobert with three bombs. Jacob Berry's got two bombs. And Cade Doty's got two bombs as well. I mean, these guys, they're stealing bases. They're hitting bombs. They're hitting for they're hitting above 400. They are taking the no-doubter mantra to heart. And that's why they're good. And I fully expect them to go up in the rankings as well. And speaking of a team that is really, you know, they have to overcome 
what happened to them in the opening weekend. Florida. I was concerned with these guys. They got, you know, they they got beat up pretty pretty good by Liberty University. So then they come in and they have to really pad it up big time. They're like, okay, we lost the opening weekend, but it's okay, guys. They just got a beat up on Stetson, North Florida, and Georgia State. And they sure did. Florida, they were a team that I said was going to sneak up on everybody. And it's starting to show up because they they beat up on the little guys. You got Hunter Barco with a 0.75 ERA, and you got Nick Fakarota at 1.80 ERA. Hunter Barco has got 23 strikeouts so far. My goodness, this guy's like the Garrett Cole of college baseball right now. And it is impressive. And so it's their it's their pit their pitching staff's gonna win the day. Yes, you have Sterling Thompson three bombs, Wyatt Langford with three bombs as well. Renee Lasteris is still batting a thousand at this point. And Tucker Talbot's got a six twenty-five uh, average. And so my goodness gracious. There's really not a lot of bad things to say about any of these teams. A great weekend for the SEC. And you go over the Georgia too. These guys they're never satisfied, Georgia. They just they dominate a college football, and apparently they dominate at college baseball because they're seven and zip so far. I mean, they beat up on Albany, and they're gonna go over to go on over to Akron and beat them up as well. I mean, these guys have been playing at home the entire time, and <laughs> it's just my goodness. These guys are gonna go up as well. I mean, what can I say about this staff? They got Jonathan Cannon. He's got a cannon of an arm, uh, 0.0 ERA. Luke Wagner with a 0.0 ERA. It's the one-two punch. It's all these teams are doing so well. So I'm really going to be interested this weekend matchup. Georgia's got a good one. I won't spoil it, but we will say it. And let's just say it's going to be a really good one. And we got to watch it. I'm probably going to be tempted to watch it because it is pretty epic. And then last but not least, we have Tennessee. This team is undefeated. And it's just this team, when it comes to offense, this team stands above and beyond. Because, guys, they beat up on Georgia Southern. 9-0, 10-3, 14-zip. You thought those numbers were going to get any better? Wrong. They did. <laughs> so they play UNC Asheville and beat them 16 to 1. And then Iona. Poor oh Iona. The Iona Gales from the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. <laughs> My goodness. Those poor little little men have to come into Tennessee and get beat 27 to 1. And then 29 to zero <laughs> football score and 12 to two uh, as just, it's not even fair at this point. <laughs> they need I to hope Iona it. got a really nice payday <laughs> out of making that trip to Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Cause 29 to zero. I mean, at some point you got to call mercy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It's like, guys, this is a joke. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Trey Limscom, Limscom's got four bombs. You've got Jordan Beck, Christian Scott, Seth Stevenson, and Joral Ortega. They all got two bombs. Seth Stevenson's got four stolen bags so far. Their offense, 
they, I mean, their numbers are going to be stacked because they just beat the crap out of these teams. You got five guys batting above 500 with Jared Dickey batting 714. As far as pitching, it's all about Chase Burns. This guy's their ace, zero ERA, 0. 0.0. And then you got Chase Dolander, 21 strikes, strikeouts. So this guy throws a lot of strikeouts. Got a 2.70 ERA so far, which that's still good at this point in the race. Uh, not too concerning, but man, oh man, oh man. SEC, it's going to be fun to talk about these guys. because, uh, And really, you're going to have some other people come up in the ranks as well. Texas A&M, they're 5-1. and one. And, you know, you can see them sneak in. Auburn's 5-2. and two. Alabama's still 5-3. and three. You know, we'll talk about what happened to them in Travis's update. But still, it's just, you got these guys who are just so good. Georgia's 7-0. and oh, Missouri's 6-1. and one. It's just, they make a name for themselves. I'm very proud personally at Texas A&M. They are beating up on Lamar in Pennsylvania. So, good for you guys. But... Uh, you know, I've rambled on for too long, but all I can say is that everybody hates the SEC and it's for a reason because they're the best. (laughs) Yeah, that really is all there is to it. Um, the, the SEC right now, they are just showing a ton of strength. They're showing a ton of depth from top to bottom. They are probably love it or hate it. They're going to hold a lot of the spots for, uh, uh, for for both regionals and super regionals come the end of the year, at least be in the running for it. Uh, and many of their teams are going to be making appearances in the postseason. And some of these teams, uh, you even if they are not hosting, ultimately, you are not going to want to be matched up with them because they have just such complete games, uh, both at the plate, on the mound, defensively discipline, attention to detail, all the things that you need to ultimately be hoisting the trophy uh, out there at TD Ameritrade in Omaha come late June. Um, so a lot of good stuff to, to see right now in the SEC. But we make a move over now to the Big 12, the uh, the mm-hmm. conference that Barrett and I hold dear because it is the That's home right. of our Texas Tech Red Raiders, which we'll get to here shortly. But we will start out with the number one team in the land right now, the evil empire of the Texas Longhorns <laughs> right now. The evil they, empire. They continued their <laughs> offensive explosion uh, earlier this week and pitching dominance in a two midweek series with Texas A&M Corpus Christi winning both of those games. They swept the Alabama Crimson Tide this weekend in Austin. It was a pretty low-scoring affair. I believe uh, it was like seven or eight runs total um, uh, between uh, – uh, I think it was actually like nine runs uh, total scored by uh, by UT during the weekend. Uh, so like it was like a one one nothing win Friday night. Two nothing win on Saturday, and then uh, and then a six to one victory today. Uh, ultimately, get the sweep there. Um, but yeah, just this, you, you know, UFCU Dishfalk Field where the Longhorns play is just not traditionally an offensive kind of park. It is a it is a park where where offense goes to die. Uh, and the, the 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 Texas Longhorns baseball program has been known as like an elite pitching program through the years. It is the home of of players like Roger Clements uh, and many others that uh, many other greats ended up going on to play professional baseball. And so it was just very type of series that you would expect. Um, 
out there, especially in the in the cold weather. It was a very uh, cold weekend here in Texas uh, there. But really, the the Longhorns just continue to look like a uh, look like a very complete team, like the most complete team in the land. When they do get their offense going, it's very very effective. They have very stout uh, pitching on the mound from guys like Pete Hansen, Tristan Stevens, and others. Whether it's starting pitching, relief pitching, they're they're right there. They they really just excel in all facets of the game right now. No doubt, Texas Longhorns right now are just the number one team in the land within college baseball. I don't think there's really any argument with that. Uh, moving on then to the number four ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys, they did drop a midweek game to Sam Houston State, uh, the Bearcats, a Tuesday night at Globe Life Field. Uh, the late winter weather has uh, has been an issue for the Pokes up on the plains of Oklahoma uh, and just kind of the state of Oklahoma in general right now. And so that did end up canceling the team's home opener on Saturday night, uh, or I guess it was Saturday versus Wright State. Uh, and then, so that meant that the first game for them today was uh, was earlier this morning. It was a... <laughs> Goodness, I don't know if they say if they used up uh, if they have any offense left in them after this. It was a twenty-six to three victory over Wright State here in the uh, in what turned into a uh, two-game series here, a doubleheader uh, on today, Sunday, February twenty-seventh. Twenty-six to three victory again for the Pokes, and the second game right now is currently in pro in progress as of. Uh, so I looked at it a few minutes ago. It did look like uh, Oklahoma State was down uh, towards the end of the game, so they may uh, they may end up coming back. But uh, it may this may just be a series that they split. Uh, Wright State again a very difficult uh, as we've talked about here on this program before a very difficult mid major program, a kind of a rising mid major program here that it just continues to be giving opposing teams problems out there, and that they're bringing their best with them out to the ballpark. TCU, it's a perfect weekend to take their three-game series against Nebraska indoors to Globe Life Field. Another team here that, uh, you know, they just went down the street over there to uh, uh, to, to the home of the pros, and they got a 3-0 sweep of Nebraska on the weekend. And then our Texas Tech Red Raiders got a 3-0 sweep of the Kent State Golden Flashes in Lubbock. Uh, Brandon Birdsell, once again, just continues to be shoring up his uh, his pitch delivery and his arsenal of pitches and command on the mound and coming back just looking possibly better than ever before here. Mason Molina had a great start today for the Red Raiders. Uh, the bullpen depth I've, seems to be improving and showing uh, and showing more uh, more stability there than we saw last weekend out in Arlington. And then just the offense is opening up more too. You've got guys that are uh, they're starting to get more hits and uh, and getting on base more, and uh, and got guys like J.C. Young, that guy's first home run of the season uh, during this series, and just more of the pieces are starting to come together just in typical Tim Tadlock uh, fashion. That you know it may take a second for it to happen, but you're starting to see more of the the chemistry form there and. Uh, and a good solid RPI building opponent like Kent State to have them in town in Lubbock to be able to play them and to get more of the experience to build on for the rest of the season. In news of the non-ranked teams here, the Baylor Bears did uh, they did start to bounce back after a rough opening weekend in which they were swept by the now number twenty-two Maryland Terrapins um, when they went to 
to Waco and the Bears remain in Waco again this weekend. Uh, earlier in the week, they did have a midweek victory over Houston Baptist, uh, Houston Baptist Huskies, of which are led now by former major league great Lance Berkman, who is uh, who's now taking uh, charge Berkman, of that baby. team, taking <laughs> charge of that team as the skipper. And right. the Bears, uh, the Bears did get a series uh, victory versus Duke here. Took that series win two to one over uh, this go. weekend here. So a nice bounce back. You get uh, you go three yeah. out of four on the week there. Get to uh, get a good uh, RPI mm-hmm. building, resume building type of win. To uh, you know, I think it's we as you'll talk about more uh, here when we get to the Big Ten, but Maryland just continues to show their strength, and I think that they are truly legit. I mean, that's they could very well be something that Baylor looks back on at the end of the year, and it's like there was no shame in, <laughs> in getting <laughs> swept by Maryland. They look like a very good team right now. Kansas played at the University of New Orleans this weekend. So they dropped that series one to two. Kansas State, the uh, the Wildcats, Wildcats, while they did drop their series at Cal State Bakersfield, they did pick up their first win of the year on Sunday, 8-2. And moving on to Oklahoma, they picked up a midweek victory over Wichita State. They have a one, uh, they have a one and one weekend split so far with uh, with Northwestern State, the Demons, and the rubber ma- rubber match is currently being finished up uh, right now, and uh, that one's in progress. We uh, well, we just don't have the final score ultimately to update y'all on that. And West Virginia continues their uh, West Virginia just continues their surprising start to the year, but really seems that they've got some good returning pieces uh, that have come together and that are helping this program out. Uh, they've had they had a two to one series victory at Charlotte this past weekend. So um, yeah, taking a look here, then uh, I've got these stats. Uh, we we don't have Sunday stats pulled up here because of. Um, uh, just because of uh, still the recency of everything finishing up and still some games going on, but just kind of give everybody a, a look and some of the top performers here. P- pitching really was the the name of the game here this weekend for uh, for the Big Twelve. It's really what we saw, especially on Friday and into Saturday, uh, Friday night, uh, Friday during the day and in the evening. Multiple great performances came out of this. Jake Bennett from Oklahoma. Uh, was credited with the uh, actually he was not credited with the win ultimately over Northwestern State, but still had a really strong outing. Six and third innings pitched, uh, only allowed two hits and got uh, eleven strikeouts in that appearance. Looks like Blake Adams from Kansas State pitched seven and two thirds innings, uh, got allowed four hits, two runs, um, but still got twelve uh, twelve strikeouts in there um, and. That was a it was a solid showing as uh, Kansas State is looking to build uh, build on something here and get a little something going for the year, and then Austin Crow from TCU, uh, net uh, in their first game on Friday, six innings pitched, uh, only allowed two hits and uh, got three uh, got six strikeouts in the process as well. He was credited with the game win that evening, um, so and can't forget about Tyler Thomas either from Baylor, uh, credited with the win in that game on Friday as well. Uh, only allowed uh, pitch six innings, uh, only allowed one hit, five strikeouts in there as well. And then Saturday uh, was really Tristan Stevens' day. Just uh, six innings pitched, uh, elite performance, only allowed four hits, got four strikeouts in there, credited with the game win. Um, so obviously, you know, you see, you look at the, these pitching performances right now. Earlier, 
early on in the season, you will see that many of these guys still, they're not going further than about like four five, six innings um, here being pitched uh, sometimes in the seven innings, but that's kind of a lot of these guys are being kept on a pitch count um, here as you're starting out the year uh, because you want to save your best stuff for when you get deeper into conference play and it really uh, starts to matter where you sit in the standings, making sure that you, uh, you get your series wins, get your sweeps where you can um, start really fine tuning your tournament resume. So you're in the best position possible once you get to uh once you get to uh get around to the time for regionals and super regionals so you've got the best seating possible based on the performances you've put together so another another great week here of big 12 baseball i think there's you're starting to see some deeper uh i think you know there's going to be a lot of parity here in the big 12 this year uh, but I think there's also going to be um, some good depth from top to bottom as well. And I think you're going to see a good five or six teams that have an opportunity to be uh, in regionals once the month of June rolls around. So it's been fun uh, watching the Big 12 so far. I've uh, taken a lot of pride in our conference this year and uh, especially seeing our Red Raiders develop this uh, this young team before our eyes. This episode of No Doubter was produced by Barrett Bostick and Travis Loffley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Soblick.